chapter seven of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter seven the sledge occupied by this well-matched couple might have been used by pompadour in the days when the finances of france were melting in the furnace of versailles the basket-work body of a swan gilded and painted and elegantly fragile rested delicately on slim steel runners and glided over the frozen snow in the rear of two spirited black ponies these harnessed in the russian fashion with a paucity of trappings and many tiny silver bells sprang forward under lady jim's skilful guidance as though they were rioting in a spring meadow she and her companion were snugly wrapped in an opossum rug which leah rather vulgarly despised as a cheap article her mink cloak with the snowy ermine scarf drawn through the shoulder cape in the latest fashion had cost nearly ten times the amount and leah wore it with the proud consciousness that she owed no money for it it was an early winter present from lady frith and she had accepted it on the generous ground that its cut and rich brown colour became her better than they would have suited the dowdy insignificant marchioness but the little woman never knew that lady jim's good nature had prevailed to this extent she had thought to give leah pleasure demetrius muffled in muscovite sable sat contentedly by this tauric diana wondering why he had been graciously invited to drive with the goddess after a hurried luncheon the two were tete-a-tete for the groom had been dispensed with as out of keeping with the novel vehicle the excuse was artistic nevertheless demetrius suspected other reasons for the absence of an eavesdropping servant what these might be he hoped to hear from lady jim but as yet she showed no disposition to speak frankly for the russian in jim's picturesque speech was a gentleman to be handled with the gloves on jim himself had impressed this on leah before he sat down to spell out the woman in white needless to say this unusual effort to improve what jim was pleased to term his mind bored him extremely not a word about racin grumbled jim skipping page after page still as leah pointed out the necessity of poaching on the domain of fiction jim sat at his lesson like a good little boy and his wife drove out with her proposed victim that the irony of fate might change the victim into a possible tyrant did not occur to leah at that moment all the same she was careful not to commit herself too hastily and for two miles talked society journal paragraphs with an assiduity at once boring and perplexing to demetrius even when the sledge slipped silent and ghost-like over an arctic waste and 
they were alone to babble secrets to a frosty sky leah showed no disposition to come to the point she wished demetrius to question her and then by seeing into his mind she could be guided as to the most selfishly successful way of making up her own but the doctor guessed her reason for this diplomatic silence and knowing what a shameless capacity she had for word-twisting and for slipping out of untenable positions he gave her no opportunity to overlook his hand it was certainly as he reflected a game of skill but what the precise style of game might be demetrius could not guess however one thing was certain this game like all others was being played for money on lady jim's part that is demetrius shuffled his cards for the stake of love and so having leah kames for an antagonist lost at the outset a game between a man and a woman on amatory grounds is always unequal the one in earnest invariably loses does this remind you of the steppes asked leah waving her whip towards a desert of snow and ice the polite conversation was still much in evidence somewhat madame but i cannot remember sledging across any steppe in such charming company ah you have never driven mademoiselle aksakoff then it is a pleasure yet to come in russia why not she may induce her father to make my peace with the czar you would be pleased demetrius shrugged his spare shoulders and replied in the evasive manner which characterized this conversation on the part of both i am well content with england he remarked calmly many people are pleasant and all agreeable also the duke pays me well too well considering he is my solitary patient i never knew a physician to quarrel with his fees before laughed lady jim flicking the ponies lightly and you have another patient i understand mr kames said something about it the young priest ah yes he was at the gates with that most adorable young lady whom i presume he will marry your anglican priests like our greek popes have that freedom have they not you do not answer my question ah pardon madame said the doctor with an apologetic smile and his hands palm to palm yes it is so i have another patient a peasant one harold garth he pronounced the name uncommonly clearly how well you speak english monsieur demetrius so many foreigners over-emphasize their h's and slur their r's we russians have a capacity for tongues i know five languages can you tell the truth in any one of them asked lady jim rather rudely but then she wished to make him lose his temper in the hope of breaking down his reserve but love had not yet blinded demetrius and he became offensively gentle to you madame i always speak the truth i take you at your word said lady jim smartly why did you leave russia monsieur demetrius madame i come of a princely family but for the sake of humanity i practise my profession in moscow 
a dear friend of mine foolishly joined the anarchists and an order was issued for his arrest fortunately the official who signed the warrant was my patient and i chanced to be with him when the paper was brought for his signature he laid it aside for the moment and i saw my friend's name i therefore gave my patient a drug which made him sleep for twenty-four hours so that he could not sign meanwhile my friend escaped it matters not how but he escaped with my help through a rival doctor my use of the drug to aid my friend became known and i was accused of conspiring also the governor of moscow was enraged and ordered my arrest in my friend's place the prospect of siberia was not pleasant so i crossed the frontier after many delightful adventures with the recital of which i shall not trouble you behold me therefore in your free country madame no longer a subject of the czar but your devoted slave he told the story without preamble or excuse in an unemotional and level voice though all the time he wondered why lady jim desired to hear it she gave him no explanation and if you go back to russia she asked carelessly i fear i shall never go back madame who knows mademoiselle aksakoff might precisely madam she might and with small encouragement she would but her gaining of my pardon would assuredly lead to a marriage of gratitude that would be no sacrifice to many no to myself madam it is impossible can you not make your peace without her influence alas no madame the grand duke was furious at my share in my friend's escape he would give much to capture me and should i set foot on the continent he shrugged his shoulders significantly but the third section has no power in your land of liberty the third section if it pleases madame better the secret police no unless i marry mademoiselle aksakoff of whom i admit my unworthiness i must remain in exile but it has many compensations he added bowing his head courteously to lady jim's profile quite so she assented scarcely heeding the compliment then added thoughtfully you are a daring man monsieur demetrius daring when necessary madame but i confess to a love of ease leah swung her ponies round a curve with careless dexterity it is not probable that any one will invite you to leave your lotus-eating monsieur thank you for the story it is at your service madame lady jim hesitated you do not ask me why i requested you to relate it she said at last your wish is a command a command is never questioned i might wish you to do something that you might question ah no believe me don't jump in the dark said leah with a hard little laugh by the way this woman for whom you ventured so much it was a man madame david and jonathan in crim tartary i suppose they say she gave a conscious laugh that a man would venture farther for a woman than for one of his own sex you i resume are an exception madame one does some things for friendship but all things for love 
leah glanced at the pale face beside her with a smile and saw that the dark eyes were full of fire you are romantic as is every man when he loves madame i understand mademoiselle aksakoff you penetrate my thoughts admirably lady jim relieved her feelings by using the whip on the obedient ponies demetrius was clever and suspicious also as his story assured her he was daring clear-headed and might be dangerous if she gave this man a hold over her he might be and probably would be unscrupulous enough to use his power moreover lionel had not yet asked the duke and there was always the chance that the money could be obtained without the necessity of plotting leah had taken the doctor for this delightful drive with the intention of speaking plainly but his skilful use of words made her cautious she was too clever a woman to build her tower without reckoning the expense demetrius watched her with keen questioning eyes and a perfectly impassive face but he learned nothing lady jim was quite as oriental as himself in masking her emotions nevertheless he guessed that the interest displayed in his past involved more than the satisfying of an idle curiosity she wanted money he was certain of that but unless she intended to sell him to the third section he could not conceive why she had forced his confidence the enigma irritated him though he paid a silent tribute to the diplomatic powers of this charming englishwoman but cool and cautious as he was her next speech nearly reduced him to the necessity of speaking plainly although he regarded candour as a greater sin than making love to another man's wife now we'll drive home said leah briskly ah but no madame this is charming and chilly i am not a russian to revel in snow and ice madame the fire in our veins prevents our feeling the disagreeables of nature i am no phlegmatic englishman how interesting said leah indifferently i wonder if the cattle will face this snowstorm they were driving straight into a chaos of eddying flakes and meeting the sting of bitter sleet dashed in their blinking eyes by the wind demetrius bit his lips and suppressed his fiery nature with an effort due to years of training he could have killed this woman with her contemptuous indifference and impregnable self-possession as the ponies plunged with tossing heads and jingling bells into that arctic hurricane he wished that the sledge would overturn so that he might extort a word of gratitude by saving her life but leah's courage was as high as his own and her strength greater so it was quite probable that she would be able to look after herself all he could do was to unflinchingly face the volleying snow while lady jim dashed through the hostile elements like semiramis in her war chariot with a turn of her wrist she prevented the frightened ponies dashing into a thorny hedge with another turn swung the light vehicle away from a dangerous ditch and then lashed the animals into a headlong gallop which ended only when they trembled with smoking flanks and drooping heads before the firmingham porch and throughout that furious rocking blinding drive demetrius sat grimly silent 
lady jim was disappointed it would have been more courageous and amusing had he made love to her in the jaws of death quite a russian adventure she said tossing the reins to a groom and jumped out all colour and animation i hope you were not afraid monsieur demetrius she added unjustly for you he replied significantly with a rosy face and a display of white teeth leah faced him on the steps there was no need i assure you i can look after myself in every way i can believe that madam then why talk nonsense to amuse you my good man i don't want amusement but help demetrius started forward impulsively command me lady jim flung her wraps her whip her mink cape and her gloves into his arms thanks she said carelessly and turned towards the library leaving her illegal admirer pale with rage she stopped laughing at the remembrance of his wrath when she saw lionel studying a book near the window well she asked coming lightly towards him any news yes i have seen the duke and he and he her voice died away under stress of emotion he will help you leah's first feeling was one of relief and she was almost on the point of expressing gratitude but a sudden remembrance that aid from the duke meant the retention of jim as a most undesirable husband cooled the warm impulse she recovered her self-command and was about to go into figures when mrs penworthy with a noisy party bustled into the room looking rather tousled and flushed we have been playing hunt the slipper she announced in her high thin voice and algy found mine three times lady jim annoyed at the irruption glanced at mrs penworthy's feet which could scarcely have worn the slippers of cinderella i can quite believe that she said sweetly and left the room smiling what does she mean asked algy obtusely mrs penworthy knew perfectly well what was meant but was too feminine to explain save in a way calculated to mislead her courtier this could be done by arousing his egotism she means that you are clever to play the game so well was her explanation i rather think lady jim admires you algy the youth fondled what he called a moustache rippin woman lady jim said he taking the speech literally go and tell her so snapped mrs penworthy colouring angrily you wouldn't like it nothing would give me greater pleasure remarked the lady fervently hating him for his stupidity than to see her dancing on you as she does on all men who are foolish enough to make themselves carpets i'm not a carpet no you're a tame cat then come and play puss in the corner urged algy gaily and mrs penworthy consented as this game had nothing to do with abnormal slippers leah pleased at having snubbed mrs penworthy whom she considered quite an improper person went to look for jim in his room he was there sure enough lying on the sofa with the novel tossed carelessly on the floor and a black pipe between his lips evidently he had not heard the good news jim cried leah breathlessly the duke will part he has parted growled jim swinging his long legs on to the floor and producing a cheque look at that lady jim did it was for two hundred pounds oh 
she crushed it in her two hands as though she were throttling his grace what an insult End of chapter seven